Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message. How many of you have ever made an exchange? I'm sure all of us have made exchanges before. All of us in the house, you know, it's Christmas time, we get those gifts, or it's our birthday, we get those gifts, or we just purchase like crazy on Amazon, and the packages come in, and it's time to make that exchange. When we make an exchange, we realize that we have something that we need to exchange for something better. Maybe we need a better size. Maybe we need a better color, a better product. And today, that's what we're going to talk about is making the exchange with the Lord. I want us to look at Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 4, and it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion. And here's where we're going to focus on today. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. This is an absolutely beautiful passage of Scripture. And what I love about it so much is that it declares to us what the Lord has done for us, what the Lord has done for us. And today, the Lord has given me a couple of thoughts from this passage that I want us to look at. Because I know how important this passage of Scripture is to us. I know how important it is because in this life's journey, if you're in this life for any length of time, you're going to come to places in your life where you will need these very gifts from God. And he knew it too because he warned us in John 10, 10. He said that the devil has come only to kill, steal, and destroy. But the Lord says, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Can can I tell you that when the devil can't kill you, he will try to destroy your life. He will try to destroy your peace, and he will try to destroy your joy, and he will try to get his grip on you and destroy your life. But God says, I'm ready. God says, I've already provided beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, Garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And the ashes are the wounded places in our lives. Our ashes are the wounded places in our lives. And we all have wounds from this life. Wounds from relationships, wounds from betrayal, wounds from abuse or times of being mistreated, wounds of a diagnosis and fears of the unknown. And we have all experienced levels of wounds from disappointment and discouragement. Our wounds are the very ashes of our lives. 
But today, I've come to tell you that we don't serve a God who just wants to pacify us in our ashes, but he wants to set a fire in our soul. Amen? We don't serve a God who just wants to pacify us in our ashes, but he wants to set a fire within our soul. I believe today that if you are sitting in your ashes, and if you're bound from the sackcloth from this very life, if you are wearing the spirit of heaviness, I know that God is here today. I know that God is in his hands today to tell you that if you will give it all to him he is ready to make a beautiful exchange with you you see in this portion of scripture that I read it says that my God will give me beauty for ashes some translations say that God will give us beauty instead of ashes it says that he will give you the oil of joy for mourning he will give you the oil of joy instead of mourning. He will allow you to wear the garment of praise for your heaviness. He will allow you to wear the garment of praise instead of the garment of heaviness. In other words, church, the truth is if we don't give him our ashes, we don't get the beauty. If we don't give God our wounds, if we don't give God our ashes, then we don't get the beauty. We can't hold on to our wounds. We can't hold on to our grudges. We can't hold on to our unforgiveness, our questions, our shame, our guilt, our fear, and sit in God's house and wonder why our life doesn't feel abundant. This passage of scripture reminds me of like the before and after. Y'all have seen those remodels, right? I love to watch Fixer Upper. It's one of my favorites. I have to go now on Hulu or wherever to get that. But I love that. And it reminds me of the before and after remodels and makeovers. And can I tell you, I love the afters. I love to see something that's before and then see how beautiful it is in the after. But can I tell you what I don't like? I don't like the process of going from before to after. I don't like moving my furniture around. I don't like the dust. I don't like the smells. I just don't enjoy the process. And one process that I don't enjoy even more is when I want to see the before and after in my body and the sacrifices that I have to make to see the before and after pictures in that process. If it's your home, you got to move everything around. You got to endure the dust. You got to endure the smells. And today, I want to ask us today a question. And I believe today I'm asking this question to the Christians in the house, even. And it says, Today, how long are we going to stand in need of it because it's time to receive it? How long are we going to stand in need of it when it's time to receive it? You see, we can't move out and change the world until we have decided to completely stand up from the ashes. How long are we going to wish for the after picture, but we don't want to stand through the process? How long are we going to want the after picture, but we don't want to stand through the process? I want to tell you today, church, we don't have to stand in need of something that God has already given us. We don't have to stand and linger in need of something that God has already provided. We don't have to stand in need of something that God has said, I will give you the beauty. I will give you the joy, and you will have praise flowing out of the innermost of your being. The God that we serve today says that sitting in the ashes is a mark of grief. 
Sitting in the ashes is a mark of humiliation, shame, and condemnation. But Jesus loves us so much that he not only gives beauty for ashes, but he adds the oil, which enhances the beauty. He not only takes the ashes, but he heals the mourning which lies beneath the wounds. Hallelujah. He loves us that much because Jesus came, and today there is healing for the wounded. There is liberty for the captives, and there is comfort for the mourners and joy for our souls. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What did that say? Not one condemnation. Not one condemnation. We should hear a shout over that in the house today. The Lord says not one condemnation, no, not one to, his, to him who is in Christ Jesus. But there is victory in the Holy Spirit. In spite of our wounds, in spite of our failures, God provides us. Us with joy when we are sitting in the ashes we hear the voices of condemnation but when we exchange it for beauty we hear the truth in the ashes we hear the voices that declare us as defeated voices that declare us as unfit and in a state of emergency but when we exchange the ashes for beauty we hear the voice of victory and truth that allows us to march boldly into our promise from from God our loving Lord knew that in the battles of this life we would need a savior for our soul that we would need beauty in the ashes that we would need joy in our mourning and he provides the praise we need Jesus had wounds, and Jesus bore every feeling that we are feeling. Yet he rose victorious over the wounds to do what the Father had sent him to do. He rose victorious over, their, over those wounds to do what the Lord had sent him to do, and that was to save our lives. The scars were still there, but only as a reminder that God is faithful. We serve a God who is able he is able to bring beauty in the ashes. And he is able to pour in the oil of joy that will heal not only the wound, but will heal the scar beneath it. Today, I've come to remind you that blessed is his name because of who God is. There is no wound too deep, no grief which he cannot relieve, and no longing that he can't satisfy. Today, you don't know the battle of the person beside you. You might have no idea of the battle of the person beside you and what they are walking through. I know there are times in my life that I have been pushed down and I have been lied about and I have been lied to and I have been crushed and the devil has tried to destroy me over and over again. But when we get up every day and we believe what this verse says in Isaiah 61, then we know that we can exchange the battling with God and we know that we can turn it over completely to a God who is more than able to heal the wound, who is more than able to lift us up in joy and praise will flow continually out of our lips the battle is God's the oil of joy causes our face to shine surgeon wrote in the Bible commentary that I was studying it says a man may lie bleeding on the battlefield and there may be liniments close at hand but in his weakness and agony he may be unable to bind up his own wounds he may die because he is not able to stretch so much a finger to help himself to the remedies that lie by his side. 
but it is an unspeakable mercy that our Lord gives His grace to us, that the wounded can obtain the help they need. He is a very present help and real comfort. And what a merciful act of our God, that as we lay wounded on the road of life, He comes and He brings to us those things that we can't reach. He brings to us those things we need for healing that we can't quite, quite grasp. He is there. The oil God gives is not in an alabaster box. It's not in a vase or merely offered to us in a vial. But our Lord and Savior comes Himself and freely applies it to our very soul. God freely gives all of this to us, but we must be willing to make the exchange daily. How many of you have ever seen the show, What Not to Wear? Have you ever heard of that show? I haven't actually seen the show, but I've heard a lot about it. And apparently, uh, it tell, people come out wearing things, and it tells you what's in, what's out, what you should wear, and what you should not wear. Well, today, I want to give you our What Not to Wear. And that is the spirit of heaviness. If you are wearing the spirit of heaviness, it's because you haven't gone to your spiritual closet and put on your garment of praise. Come on, somebody. If you are wearing the spirit of heaviness, it is because you have not gone to your spiritual closet and put on your garment of praise. That doesn't mean that sadness will never be an emotion for you, but it means that you have put aside the spirit of heaviness, and you are choosing to wear the garment of praise. Praise is like a magnifying glass. What you focus on becomes bigger. You know, you take that magnifying glass and you look and it becomes really big. That's how our praise is. When we begin to praise God, we see just how big our God is and how little our problems are. Praise is like that magnifying glass. And David said in Psalms 34, verses 3 through 4, he said, Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. When we begin to praise God, we begin to have a new sense of hope. When we begin to praise God, we begin to have a new sense of joy. And that's how we take off the spirit of heaviness and we put on the garment of praise. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says that those people shall be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. How many of you know that trees are the beauty of landscape? Don't you love trees? I absolutely love trees. When we were searching for our home, I kept saying, I want a tree in my yard. I love trees. We used to live in an apartment where we were pastoring, and there was a tree that came right up by the window. And I would love to look out the window and just see the beauty of the tree. A tree is remarkable for its strength. And a tree stands out and weathers the storms and seasons of life. A tree is fruitful, and they are described as the planting of the Lord in these verses. You see, there are some trees that are not of His planting, and yet they seem for a time to be good trees. There is a good deal of outward acquaintance with godly things, a good deal of outward change, yet after all, it is not a tree of the Lord's hand planting. Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. It may look well for a time, it may be fair and promising to the outward eye, but not being rooted in Christ, not bringing forth fruit, it shall be destroyed. But the trees of the Lord's planting, He chose them for His own. And with His own hand, He transplants them out of their ashes, out of their wasteland, out of their wounds, and plants them in His own garden. Did you catch that? When God handpicked you, 
He picked you up out of your ashes, out of your wasteland, and he plants you in his master garden. Why? That he may be glorified. He shall be glorified as we walk out of prison into freedom. He shall be glorified as we walk out of our ashes into our beauty. He shall be glorified as we receive the oil of joy for our mourning. Amen, church? He shall be glorified as we put on the garment of praise in the midst of our heaviness that he might be glorified. He shall be glorified as we walk out of those places in our lives. These trees of righteousness are rooted deep. They have strong roots and they abide in fertile soil. They respond to the care of the master gardener and they bear fruit that causes the caretaker to receive glory and take pleasure in their growth. When we are rooted in Jesus, we are not rooted in the ashes. When we are rooted in Jesus, we are removed from the wasteland. When we are in the planting of the Lord, we magnify the Lord. And we don't allow, allow the voices of this world to magnify how we have been treated. We don't allow the voices of this world to magnify how we have been done unfairly or done wrong. We don't allow the trendsetter voices of this world to magnify our failures. Can I tell you today that we need to be aware of the trendsetter voices as they are crying out to a generation to walk in a cool faith only? Can I tell you today that you need more than a cool faith? You need more than the trendsetter voices that try to tell us how to dress, how to look, and how to talk. But we need a solid faith that comes from deep down in who Christ Jesus is. A solid faith that is rooted only in Him. And that will cause us to have a faith in a God so big that we are willing to give Him our wounds to receive the beautiful life that He wants us to have. It will give us the strength to believe in a God so big to just know that He does have a plan for us. He does have a plan for you. That takes me to point number two that says we don't serve a God who calls us to abide among the latest trendsetters, but he calls us to abide in him alone. I believe that is a word for this generation, that we don't serve a God who calls us just to listen to the voices of the trendsetters, but we need to call out to a generation that says God is big enough to carry you through. God is big enough to, to sustain you, and you need to be rooted in him alone. We have a lot of Christians who are very concerned about what people are saying about them with little concern for what God is saying to them. We listen a lot to the voice of the trendsetters, but rarely ever really listen to what God is saying to us personally. We listen a lot to the voices of the trendsetters, but we rarely ever listen to what God is saying to us personally. God sees you. He handpicked you, and he has a plan for you. And a lot of times we're not bearing fruit because we're not attached to the vine. A lot of times we're not bearing fruit because we're not standing in that solid faith because we are attached to the vine. John 15, 4 through 8, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? 
nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You know, sometimes I think we're attached to the wrong things. We're attached to social media. Nothing wrong with it. It's a powerful tool, but it's not what we should be attached to. We're attached to who the world says we should be. We're attached to keeping up with the latest. And to me, the sad part of that is, so, is that we can be so busy trying to be someone else instead of who God created us to be that we don't even know what kind of tree we are. We don't have a clue what kind of fruit we should be bearing, and we rarely ever hear what God is saying to us personally. John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and that you should bear fruit. Because when we are abiding in him, we're going to bear fruit that will set us free to be all that God has called us to be. And it's the only fruit in our lives that won't decay. It's the only fruit in our lives that will bear more fruit. It's the only fruit which grows out of Jesus and the work he did on the cross. Isaiah 61 that we're talking about today in verse 4 says, They shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. I believe that this is a word for somebody today. I believe that we have heard the sermons and we have heard the messages and we sang the song about raising a hallelujah. But we raise that hallelujah when we're willing to let God come in completely. And I believe that God is asking us as Christians to stop comparing him to the situations and circumstances in our lives. I think as Christians, God is asking us today to stop comparing him to people in our lives. Because he sincerely wants us to move from kind of, sort of Christian to sold out Christian. He wants us to move from partially surrendered to fully trusting him. I was thinking about it. I can be a little bit of a, what, a crazy over cleaning my house. I, I just like everything to be in its place and, and keep my house straightened up. And I was thinking about that, and you know how you especially do that when you have like a guest coming over or somebody's coming over and you just, you start straightening up and you start cleaning up. But a lot of times we have that one room, that one room where we're cleaning up and we throw everything into that one room, and we're going to deal with that room later. Well, you know what? I hate to tell you this, but if you have that room, then your house ain't clean. I mean, you know, it's not fully clean. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about that today, and I think sometimes that's how we do with our heart. We're coming into the house of God and we're raising our hallelujah, but we haven't fully walked out of those ashes. Christians are coming into the house of God and we're standing around shouting, we're standing around raising our hands, we're going through the motions, but we've got that one room. We've got that one room of unforgiveness. We've got that one room of wounds and the ashes of our lives, and we're not fully trusting God. We're not fully believing that God is big enough to clean out that room. 
And I believe today that that's what this message is about, that the end time is near, and we have got to get busy completely trusting Him. We've got to get busy completely working for Him and completely being sold out for Him. It's all done except that one room, that space where you think you've hidden everything. But we've got to trust Him with our wounds. We've got to trust Him with our mourning. We've got to trust that as we put on the garment of praise, we will become trees of righteousness, planted firmly in the vine, and we will bear fruit that will please our Lord. Because we cannot continue any longer to make the impact that God wants us to make when we stand in a place that says, God, I'll trust you for some things, but I can't trust you for everything. God, I can trust you to set the other people free, but I can't trust you to heal my wounds. I can't trust you to set me free. The truth is we're comparing God to people. You see, we can't trust people. We have wounds from people. We've been betrayed by people, and people have told our secrets. But God is not people. God is not people. God is God, and he will never fail us. People can misrepresent you. You ever been misrepresented by people? People can misrepresent you, and here's a shocker. People will misrepresent God. Don't be lied to. Don't be mistaken. Don't be deceived by the devil. God is truth. God is real. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in his word, when he says, Christians, that he will completely set us free, that's what he means, completely. The seeds of our fruit will not leave us hopeless, but will bring life to the ruins of our lives, to the desolation in our lives. And God will will bring repair to our wounds, and it will impact not only you, but it will impact generations to come. In verse 4, we see words like rebuild. Say that with me. Rebuild. These are important. Raise up and repair. Dear Lord, dear Lord, in your house today, would you please rebuild? Would you please raise up? Would you please repair? Dear God, would you please rebuild? Would you please raise up a generation? Would you please repair? God, would you please restore our sincere praise? Our sincere praise that when we sing and we say we raise a hallelujah, that that's what we mean because we have allowed the king of glory to come in and clean out every part of who we are. We've allowed the king of glory to come in and restore us, rebuild us, repair us completely. Number three, your gifts didn't die in the process. They've only been planted. Your gifts have not died in the process. They've only been planted. I cannot tell you the number of times the devil has tried to destroy my gifts. The number of times that he has tried to stop me from doing what God has asked me to do. The number of times that the enemy will come in and try to sit you down and quiet you from what God is asking you to do. But I want to remind you today that there are gifts on the inside of you that God put there when he formed you in your mother's womb. But many of you have allowed the wounds from people, the ashes of your life, and the lies of the devil to suppress your gifts. 
But today, I believe with God's help that you're going to see that your gifts aren't buried. Your gifts didn't die. They're ready to be resurrected. They're ready to bloom, and they're ready to grow. I believe today in this house there are new vines sprouting off the vine. I believe there's new growth coming from the gifts that are on the inside of you. Child of God, when we're abiding in the vine, we have beauty in the midst of ashes, joy even when we weep, and we can get our praise on even when we have a heavy heart. Not because our wounds aren't real. Not because our tears aren't real. Not because our heart isn't broken but because we serve a God who says, I will. We serve a God who says, I can. And when we fully receive who God is, the gifts on the inside of you will be birthed with a fresh wind, and you'll begin to feel places on the inside of you being rebuilt, being raised up, and being repaired in His presence, and you'll be fully changed. Not only you, but generations to come through your gifts. Our brokenness doesn't produce death, but it opens us up to bear the anointing. In 2 Kings verses 4, 1 through 7, we see this portion of Scripture that I want to touch on quickly. And it tells us about Elisha and his encounter with the widow. And of course, for time's sake today, I'm not going to read that whole passage, but here's what we see in that passage of Scripture. We see the widow as she is gathering sticks to build a fire to prepare what she declares as her last meal for her son and for herself. She was in a situation where she had just a little bit left. She said that they had run out of food and all they had left was a handful of flour and a little bit of oil. She says that they're going to eat what is left and they're going to die. How did this widow get in this situation? How did she allow herself to get down to just a little bit left? Maybe that's you today. Due to circumstances of wounds in your life, you feel like you only have a little bit left. Nobody knows it, you don't think. You feel like nobody understands it because you have pushed those wounds so far down that you're not sure you can even see them anymore. But you know there are gifts on the inside of you. You know that God is speaking to you today even though you feel like you have just a little bit left. The widow was gathering pieces of stick to start a fire to prepare what she thought was her last meal. But that wasn't God's plan. Little did she know that she was gathering sticks that would not only impact her, but would impact generations to come. Little did she know that she was gathering sticks to start a fire in her soul. She would gather those sticks and prepare that meal that would change her life and would change so many who would follow behind her. Elisha told the widow what to do with the little that she had left. He said, go around to all your neighbors and ask for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to the side. It would have made much more sense if she had been told to go and ask for oil, right? Instead of the jars, instead of the vessels. It would have made more sense for her to go and ask for oil. But that's not what he said. He said, go ask for jars. Go ask for vessels. You see, there are ashes. There are wounds. 
But there is a beautiful exchange that awaits us if we're willing. See, you want the oil. You want the oil because it's valuable. You want the beauty. You want to get your praise on in the midst of your heaviness. And can I tell you today that that's when the anointing comes? That's when the anointing comes. It's when you decide over and over and over again to give God the little bit that you have left. Even if it's a little bit of flour. Even if it's a little bit of oil. Even if it's a little bit of faith and the last little bit of shout that you have left in you. But we're still holding on. We're still holding on to some wounds. And there are gifts and there are dreams on the inside of you that you have buried under those wounds. I've been in ministry for over 19 years with my husband. And time and time again, I have wept because I have seen the potential in people sitting in God's house, the potential that I know that there are gifts and there are dreams on the inside that God wants to birth out of you. But we have buried them deep beneath the wounds. They're still holding on to the ashes of this life instead of making the beautiful exchange. Somebody needs to stop looking at the flesh today. And you need to start moving out in the spirit. You need to stop moving in your flesh today. And you need to start moving out in your spirit. Because when you start moving out in your spirit, you're going to have the help and strength of the Lord that you can do things that you couldn't do on your own. That you can say things that you couldn't say on your own. And in the spirit, you'll be able to run like a new creation. You'll be able to soar like an eagle. Because I believe when you become more focused on the vessels who need you to do what God has asked you to do, you'll make the exchange. Did you catch that today? When you become more focused on the vessels who need you to do what God has asked you to do, you'll make the exchange. And when you do, just like we saw with that widow, when God said, go and get the jars, go and get the vessels, be obedient to what I'm asking you to do. When you do that, God's going to provide the oil every, every, every time. God's going to provide the anointing. God's going to provide the strength. God's going to make a way, and He's going to provide the oil every time. Because if she went and got those vessels, if she went and got those jars, she'd get pouring in the oil. She kept pouring in the oil that God was providing. Remember when we said Jesus had wounds? Yeah, he did have a lot of wounds, but he rose victorious to save your life. He rose victorious over those wounds to save your life. And today he's asking you to be victorious over your wounds and over your ashes because there are lives waiting for you to do what God has asked you to do. Yes, Jesus could come in and do it, but He wants to use you. And He wants your focus to be more on the vessels than on yourself. And He wants you to stand up today in His presence and do what He's asked you to do. And go out and get the vessels. And go out and get the jars and allow Him to pour in the oil over and over again. See, when you're ready to serve, when you're ready to pray, when you're ready to speak up, 
when you're ready to smile, when you're ready to do what God has said, when you're ready to magnify Him, He'll meet you there and He'll pour in the oil. God says today, if you'll listen to the voice of God as spoken through Elisha to the widow, He said, don't be afraid. Give God your fears. Give God your doubts. Give God your unbelief and receive the anointing of oil that will flow from you as you allow God to bind up every wound, to cover you with the oil of joy and shout the goodness of God to generations that will come behind us as we display the garment of praise. I believe that's what God wants to do in this place today. Stand with me. Beauty for ashes. Oil of joy for mourning. Spirit of praise for the garment of heaviness. In a few minutes, we're going to sing that song, Raise a Hallelujah, again. And as we sing that this morning, or if you need special prayer today, I believe today can be your day. I believe today can be your day of complete healing of whatever is hurting you, of whatever you have allowed to push down the gifts in your life, I believe today can be your day. See, this part right here is up to God. This right here is where God comes through, where His Holy Spirit moves and ministers to people in a way that only He can do. Beauty for ashes. We don't get the beauty if we don't give Him the ashes. We don't get the beauty if we don't give Him the ashes. We don't get the oil of joy if we don't come to God with our mourning. See, we're going to walk around with that spirit of heaviness upon us if we don't go into our spiritual closet and pull it off. Not today. Not today, devil. I'm going to praise the God who has done this for me. I'm going to praise the God who has made a way for me. I'm not going to allow the enemy and the trendsetter voices of this world to hold me back from what God is asking me to do. I know that He has a plan and a purpose for every person in this room of every age. It doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. If you know how to pray, there's something you can do for God. Faith Assembly, let none of us in this place today stand before God and make excuses for the wounds in our lives when He said, I have come to heal them. When He said, I have come to pour in the oil that will heal the, the scar and the wound beneath it. He will do that for us today in His presence. Bow your head with me today in this place. Father, today I know that there are gifts dreams represented in this place and Lord I know that because of how life it is itself there are people in this room today who have wounds and there are people who are choosing to sit in the midst of their ashes when today Lord you are in the house to repair to rebuild and to raise up 
And Lord, as I give this call today, I pray that you would give a boldness to people in this place, that if they need prayer, that as they come this morning for us to pray for them, that they will come raising their hallelujah completely, that there won't be the room anymore that they've pushed stuff into, that there won't be the room of unbelief and doubt, that right in this moment they're going to go from kind of sort of believing to completely believing that God is going to meet them right here in this place today. We're going to open up these altars, and if that's you today, don't wait. I believe God has something special for some people in here today. If you're willing to step out and come and allow God to do a work in your life, Lord, I'm asking you right now to do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, I pray today that people will be set free to do what you've asked them to do despite of their wounds, despite of their hurt. God, rebuild, repair, restore, raise up in this place today. We're going to sing this song. And if that's you today, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you that God's going to do a miracle in your life today. And Christians, it's us. It's me today too. It's me today too. It doesn't mean that we're judging you or that something's wrong with you. It's me today too. I have to choose every day. I have to choose every day. And I know that you do too. Come and allow Him. Come and allow Him to give you beauty for ashes the oil of joy for morning and as you come down that highway you take off that spirit of heaviness and you put on your garment of praise like you never had before because I believe people are going to be raised up out of faith assembly to do a work in this community but we have got church listen we have got to be more focused on the vessels than we are our own wounds We've got to be more focused on the vessels. And when we get our eyes on Jesus and what He's asking us to do, He's going to pour in the oil. He is going to pour in the oil. Amen. Come this morning, if that's you, as we raise our hallelujah. We want to pray with you today. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.